You're listening to Radio Looks Illicit. I'm your host, Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me today for episode 22 of Radio Looks Illicit, the title of which is Invasion USA, The Migrant Caravan is Here. Well, welcome back to the program again. Um, it's great to have you here. You're probably wondering, well, maybe I disappeared or or something like that. I, actually, I did not. Um, I have been pretty busy the last three months. I know I promised the last time I did one of these uh, that I was going to try to do these more often. And, uh, well, obviously I didn't do a very good job. But, hey, at least I got one of these done per quarter, right? One per quarter. Now, that's some production for you. <laughs> well, hopefully, Lord willing, um, I, uh, I will do better here going forward. Um, I do have a minor, uh, somewhat of a, an excuse here. I've actually spent the last, uh, most of the last couple months taking a, a course on income tax preparation. So uh, now that that class is over, that sucked up a lot of my time. But now that that class is over, I think I, um, I have a, a good chance maybe to get some of these uh, podcasts knocked out, maybe one a week here for the next, uh, at least through the end of the year here. So um, <clears throat> that's my goal anyway. And uh, pardon me if I, my uh, voice sounds a little bit strange here today. I'm kind of fighting a little bit of a cold right now. And uh, I was fine until I got down and started, uh, sat down and started talking a little bit in front of the microphone. And now all of a sudden my, my throat's getting a little bit scratchy on me. So if I, I cough or if I have to I stop talking momentarily, you know why. I got a little bit of a <clears throat> frog in my throat here to, uh, today. Well, I, before we get, uh, get too far here, um, I hope you uh, enjoyed your Thanksgiving, had a blessed time with, uh, with your family. And, and I hope you survived Black Friday. I'm recording this on November the 24th, 2018, so it's, uh, it's Saturday. It's the day after Black Friday. And uh, I think Black Friday is that special day of the year when uh, Americans demonstrate to the entire world that we're all completely insane. Um, well, maybe not all of us, but uh, it seems like a, a certain percentage of the population certainly is. And um, you uh, you see these videos that are out there. I was on the Drudge Report uh, um, yesterday looking at <laughs> – they already had these things out there, and it wasn't even the end of Black Friday yet, but they had all these uh, these uh, videos of uh, all this insanity that was going on, people uh, rushing the stores as the doors are open and, and this type of thing. There was one video that I found out there that uh, was really – Really, something. It was like it was like this, uh, like a pallet uh, full uh, stacked of uh, I don't know some kind of a small appliance. They were like uh, toaster ovens or toasters or something like this. Well, anyway, um, a store employee stepped away from, it and this whole crowd of people just dived on. It. I mean, literally dived on this thing. There were boxes getting knocked all over the place, and people scrambling on the ground to pick up boxes. And there was this one close up the head of this one. It was an adult woman. And she reached down, she grabbed a box out of the hand of, I don't know, it was maybe like a three or four year old boy. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and it, that's the kind of just, just nuttiness that goes on in, uh, on, on Black Friday. So uh, anyway, if you were out shopping, hope you survived that. If you're out shopping today, um, I, I don't know, uh, just, uh, just be careful and don't do anything crazy. Um, uh, and uh, just to, to those of uh, uh, to those who are listening, maybe aren't in the United States, uh, we're, we're, Americans really aren't all that insane, or not all of us are that insane. But yeah, it, it, it is a it, it is a bit of a problem. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, to today's topic, I wanted to talk to you some about the uh, the migrant caravan. As you've probably known, uh, if you've watched the news here at all the last couple months, uh, there's been this uh, big uh, what they call a caravan. Maybe I think more properly an invasion, uh, invading force almost, uh, of people coming up from Honduras, uh, up through Guatemala, through Mexico, uh, with the ultimate goal of uh, seeking asylum in the United States. And I wrote a, a blog piece yesterday that, uh, well, I'll, I'll plug my, my, my blog piece here. Um, I, I titled it uh, Invasion USA. 
Uh, Pueblo Sin Fronteras endorses petulant asylum demand. So who's Pueblo Sin Fronteras? Well, you, you've probably heard uh, the question asked, or maybe you've asked this yourself. So who is it that's organizing this caravan? I mean, it's very obvious that this is a pretty large-scale operation. I mean, something like this doesn't just come together spontaneously. Well, uh, apparently it it looks like this group called Pueblo Sin Fronteras. You know, I'll uh, try my uh, Spanish accent there a little bit more, um, my uh, my high school Spanish. Well, anyway, um, uh, Pueblo Sin Fronteras, that, that is uh, Spanish for people without borders. And it's a, a very left-wing organization um, that is, the parent organization of it is is uh, another very left-wing organization. And uh, <clears throat> Pueblo Sin Fronteras apparently has been organizing Pueblo Sin Fronteras apparently has been the uh, the main force organizing caravans now for 15 years. So this isn't really a new thing, but it seems like they've gotten a lot more publicity here. Um, I know there was uh, a lot of publicity about a, an earlier caravan in the spring, and then there was this one. And maybe some of that has to do with just the size of the caravan. This one uh, got pretty big. And part of that caravan right now is parked in uh, in Tijuana, Mexico, which is just south of the border uh, of uh, of California. Um, so there's a uh, uh, controversy even among uh, people who live in T uh, Tijuana. The Tijuanans aren't uh, terribly happy about all that, and I don't blame them uh, because it has created some real uh, real hardships for uh, the people from that area. But uh, anyway, uh, like I say, the, the question has been out there quite a bit, so who's organizing this? Then another question is, you know, who's, who is it that's, that's paying for all this? And there have been various speculations, uh, George Soros, uh, maybe funding it, and and I don't have. Uh, there's some indirect proof out there that he he does. Uh, this is the sort of thing that he would fund. So I mean, honestly, I would be more shocked if he weren't involved with it than if he were uh, actually involved with it, because this is the kind of thing that uh, that he seems to like to do. Um, some people point to the UN, uh, you know, and it certainly is possible that the UN may be involved with it. But I, I think there's another force that. Is it's kind of amazing to me. One of the things that, that just astounds me about the whole immigration issue is the fact that most people, and this includes not just mainstream news outlets, so not no, not just your ABCs, NBC, CBSs, CNNs, Fox News, these, these kinds of groups. You know, not just the mainstream uh, news organizations ignore this, but even. Um, most what you would call alternate news organizations, you know, the bloggers, the podcasters, the YouTubers, the, the independent uh, journalists out there who do uh, commentary and reporting work also ignore this. They ignore the 500-pound gorilla in the room. And so what's that 500-pound gorilla? Well, it's the Roman church state. Uh, the Roman church state is neck deep involved in the, uh, the caravans, but yet that's almost never commented on. And it absolutely just astounds me how it is that the Roman Church can be so overtly involved in a process and yet at the same time receive almost no commentary. I mean, it's absolutely astonishing how um, how they they just disappear. You know, it's kind of like you know years ago. I think what David Copperfield you know had a TV special on, and I mean he made what is the Statue of Liberty disappear. You know, he's made Learjets disappear, and and all this stuff. And it's it's all you know very interesting and and, and skillful. The, some of the work that he does, but you know what he does is nothing compared to what the uh, the mainstream news and even the alternate uh, news does in making the influence of the Roman Church state disappear when it comes to immigration issues. And and just by way, uh, maybe just to to prove that to you a little bit. I want to read um, an article that I found in uh, in CNBC, and 
or from NBC, uh, NBC News. And this uh, article actually dates from the spring. It's dated April 4th, 2018. And the title of it is this, Who's Pueblo Sin Fronteras? A group behind the migrant caravan that drew Trump's ire. Now, you may recall that back in the spring, there was a rather large migrant caravan. This is back in April and May, a rather large migrant caravan that got some notice. Um, that's a se- That was a separate caravan from the one that we got, uh, got on the border right now. But um, there are a number of things they had in common. And one of the things that they have in common is the fact that both are organized by this Pueblo Scene for the Terrorist Group. But this is what uh, the NBC article says about the, uh, uh, about the caravan back in the spring. It says the caravans are referred to in Spanish as Via Crucis Migrantes, or Migrants' Way of the Cross. They are fashioned after the Stations of the Cross, processions celebrated by Latin American and Latino Catholics to mark and reenact the final days of Jesus from prosecution to his burial in a tomb. In such processions, someone plays Christ carrying a wooden cross, and people from the congregation or community follow him. Similarly, the volunteers from Pueblo Sin Fronteras and other groups accompany migrants in a caravan that travels in buses, on trains, and on foot. So, I mean, right there you can see a, a very close association between the rituals of the Roman church state and, and the caravan. But the, the, uh, the connection actually goes much deeper than that. As I said, one of the questions that people ask quite a bit is who is funding you know, the migrant caravan? And I think that's certainly an important question. But here's an even more important question, you know, and that is who's laying the philosophical groundwork for all of this, you know, for the migrant uh, caravans? Uh, John Robbins talked about the, uh, the primacy of theory, the primacy of the intellect. You know, that is that, that when you and I do something, when we practice something, our practice is always the practice of some prior theory. You know, maybe you ask yourself, here's a simple example. You know, you, you maybe ask yourself, okay, the alarm clock goes up in the morning or goes off in the morning. Well, why do I get up out of bed? Well, you, you might think about that for a moment and say, well, okay, I need to get up so I can go to work, uh, so I can earn money, so I can have a place to live and food to eat and to, you know, provide clothing for myself and for my family, this type of thing. So that's that's the sort of the theory. Now that that's a that's a very sim- simplistic example, but you have this theory that you know I need to get money in order to be able to do these things. Therefore, I have to get up out of bed in the morning when the alarm clock goes off, and I'd rather sleep in because if I don't, I'm not going to have I'm not going to be able to to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. So you know, even something simple like getting up out of bed in the morning is the practice of some prior theory. Well, these migrant caravans also are the practice of some prior theory. And I, I think that it's worth looking at some of the theories or, or the theory that sort of undergirds this whole practice. And there's an article out there. Um, this is something that you actually find on the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops webpage. And there's an article <clears throat> that's titled Catholic Social Teaching on Immigration and the Movement of Peoples. In this, this article, they lay out three basic principles that govern uh, Roman Catholic thought on on migration. Here's the first principle: people have the right to migrate to sustain their lives and the lives of their families. Here's a second principle: a country has the right to regulate its borders and to control immigration. And here's the third principle: a country must regulate regulate its borders with justice and mercy. 
Now, it's, it's always interesting to, to read through uh, papal documents or through uh, statements by various prelates of, of the Roman church state, because they, you know, they, they like to take away with one hand what they grant with the other. Um, now, like you, you read their second principle, it says a country has a right to regulate its borders and to control immigration. Okay, and that sounds good. You know, the bishops go on, they talk about the overriding principle of all Catholic social teaching is that individuals must make economic, political, and social decisions not out of short-sighted self-interest, but with regard to the common good. That means that a moral person cannot consider only what is good for his or herself and family, but must act with the good for all people as his or her guiding principle. Well, you know, that, that sort of philosophical altruism really undercuts the whole idea that a country has a right to regulate its borders. Uh, you know, on the one hand, they say, okay, a, a sovereign state can, can regulate its borders, but it has to do so with a view to the common good, and it has to regulate its borders with justice and mercy. Which, I mean, if you read through what the hell that actually works out in practice, it's always kind of interesting. If you read through that in practice, basically what that means is that no country can ever turn any migrant away for any reason. Now, probably somebody would uh, would complain and say, oh, I can cite some example of some bishop saying, oh, that, that you know, they, they don't have to let this or that person in. I, I don't know. Maybe you can find some, some example out there. But in my experience in, in just watching the statements um, of, uh, of, Roman Catholic, of the Roman Catholic Church, I have never yet seen them once ever uh, applaud uh, an action taken by the U.S. government to restrict immigration. Every time, and I mean every single time that I have ever seen them issue a statement, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, that is, it's always to criticize the U.S. government for not doing enough for migrants, immigrants, and refugees. Here's an example that Actually, just this is an example that bears directly on the current migrant crisis. This is a statement issued by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops on November fourteenth, twenty eighteen. So this was a statement that was issued in uh, in reference uh, to the ongoing migrant crisis. And here's what the bishops uh, say. Or maybe I should give you the uh, the uh, the title here first. The title of the uh, the press release is statement regarding their deep concern about restricting access to asylum. The uh, article is actually, it's, it's written, the, the short statement, it's actually put out by some pretty heavy hitters. The, the chairman of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee on Migration, the presidents of Catholic Relief Services, Catholic Charities USA, and Catholic Legal Immigration Network. Um, so these are all uh, heavy hitters uh, that, uh, that put out this, this statement. And this is what they say. Although teaching acknowledges the right of each nation to regulate its borders, we find this action deeply concerning. And, and the action that they're referring to here is President Trump's uh, executive order, um, the one that's been currently uh, suspended by the, uh, the Ninth Circuit Court. The, the executive order, the, the main thrust of it was that um, in order to gain asylum in the United States, you couldn't just walk across the border. You actually had to go to a legitimate port of entry, which I, I think is an entirely reasonable requirement. But the uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is has deep concerns about this, and and this is their statement. While our teaching acknowledges the right of each nation to regulate its borders, we find this action deeply concerning. It will restrict and slow access to protection for hundreds of children and families fleeing violence in Central America, potentially leaving them in unsafe conditions in Mexico, or in indefinite detention uh, situations at the U.S.-Mexico border. We iterate that it is not a crime to seek asylum. And this right to seek refuge is codified in our laws and our values. 
We urge the administration to seek other solutions that will strengthen the integrity of the existing immigration system while assuring access to protection for vulnerable children and families. The Catholic Church will continue to serve, accompany, and assist all of those who flee persecution, regardless of where they seek such protection and where they are from. All right. So kind of breaking down this statement a little bit, you know, again, you know, the, uh, you go back to that, that statement on the three principles that govern uh, Catholic social teaching on immigration, the right of, uh, of a nation to regulate its borders. Well, as I said, every time the United States does anything, even something very mild, such as requiring uh, potential asylees not to sneak across the border in the middle of the, the desert someplace, but to actually go to, uh, to an official port of entry, even something as simple and mild and reasonable as that, well, the, the Catholic bishops have deep concern about it. You know, and of course, that, that whole business about their believing that countries have the right to regulate the borders, they don't really believe that. You know, what that is, that's, that's something that the Catholic bishops put out. It's a beard. It's a smokescreen. Um, but no, they, they do not believe that. Uh, and they show that by opposing every measure, regardless of how reasonable it is uh, for the United States or any other country. Now, another uh, aspect about the uh, the migrant crisis, and this is something that's not just true with the current uh, caravan issue, but with true with, with immigration, migration, and refugee statements from the Catholic bishops in general, um, and that is that they they have infinite compassion for the migrants and the immigrants and the refugees and have absolutely none for the people in the United States or in the other receiving countries who are going to have to pay the freight. They, you know, they complained that this measure by Trump uh, will restrict and slow access to protection for hundreds of children and families fleeing violence in Central America. Okay, well, what about the dangers of just letting people in your country who you don't even know? First of all, you don't even know if their asylum claims are legitimate, and I, I highly doubt that, that probably most of these people are legitimate asylees. Maybe none of them are. I don't know. Um, but from, from the looks of it and the way this whole thing was organized, um, this really isn't about people who are fleeing because they have to, because they have a, because their lives are in danger. I think they're, they're leaving because in a lot of cases they're being paid to leave. Um, and they're being paid to go on the caravan or they they have other reasons for wanting to come to the United States. Maybe they're seeking a better life, which is fine. I can understand why somebody would want to do that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that, that person is a, a legitimate asylum case. Um, but the you know the the Catholic bishops are very worried about the the dangers for the the children and the families fleeing Central America. But they have absolutely no concern. They never mention any concern uh, about the American people uh, in this whole thing who are going to end up having to pay the freight for that. And that's pretty typical of of the way these types of uh, migrant issues are discussed by not only just the Roman Catholic Church, but following their lead. Those are the kinds of things that you see in the mainstream press as well. Then they, I think the final sentence here is very telling. The Catholic Church will continue to serve a company and assist all, uh, assist all those who flee persecution, regardless of where they seek such protection and where they are from. So basically, what, what the Catholic Church is saying here is that we're going to aid and abet the violation of American immigration laws. I, I think that's really the import of what uh, what this statement says. And, of course, that's what the Roman Catholic Church does. Um, they constantly work to undermine U.S. immigration law. I, I have said this before in blog posts, and I'll just say this here on, on the, uh, the podcast as well. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops is a brood of treasonous vipers. They constantly work to undermine the best interests uh, of, the, uh, of the United States, of laws that keep in mind that protect and defend the lives and the property of American citizens. 
Um, and this is something that they've done for years, and almost no one talks about it. As I said, you don't hear about this type of thing on the evening news. You don't hear about this sort of thing in Time Magazine or the Washington Post or the New York Times. Uh, you don't hear about this thing again, even on you know podcasts or on blogs or on on uh, on video channels. This type of stuff is almost completely absent, and I think that that needs to change. I think the the spotlight really needs to be shined on the activities of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to do in my blog posts, and it's one of the things that um, doing here in in the podcast. And, and Lord willing, uh, we will will talk about some of that. Uh, here hopefully over the next few weeks, because there's really quite a bit of material and far more than I can cover in a single podcast. And I think that's probably a pretty good stopping point here for today. I wanted to say thanks to everybody for listening. I really do appreciate that. And I look forward to uh, to joining you again sometime here, hopefully uh, in about a week and uh, get another podcast out. Uh, But until then, may the God of truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's word.